Join us in a world where you're listening to Ballistic Radio. Sit back as we discuss hard lessons from the best and brightest the personal defense and competition shooting industry has to offer. Let us help you help yourself, no matter where you are on your personal path. Ballistic Radio is brought to you by Centurion Arms, hard-use rifles and accessories at easy day prices. Visit them online at centurionarms.com. Now here's your host, John Johnson. Welcome to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Centurion Arms. Hard-use rifles and accessories at easy day prices. Visit them online at centurionarms.com. I'm your host, John Johnston. Remember, you can always listen to past shows at ballisticradio.com. Get the latest behind-the-scenes info, arguments. I try to avoid those now, though. Uh, Videos, pictures, probably of an MP5, because I'm in love with it right now. Other things at... Facebook.com slash Ballistic Radio. Hey, Joe. Is how this works? Oh, God, dude. I have no idea. So, um, the last time I saw you, I thought I'd see you a week or two later, and now it's been like three months. And we both have a COVID-19. Uh, what? COVID? I, yeah, anyway. Um, it's been a weird year. I think it's been a weird year for everyone, though, so... Hopefully they will understand. But hey, guess what? What is that? We have a new sponsor. Woohoo! And 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 this segment's also brought to them. So hey, this segment's brought to you by Centurion Arms. Even if you're just a cook, a lowly, lowly cook, or you call in tactical nukes from your couch every night with these, you need to know that your life-saving equipment is going to work. And Centurion Arms knows it too. Veteran-owned and operated Centurion Arms is dedicated to producing firearms, parts, and accessories with an outstanding level of quality, functionality, and precision at prices you can afford. Whether you just need a new rail or barrel or something else to finish off your latest build, or maybe you want to take all the guesswork out and buy a complete rifle, Centurion Arms has got what you need and knows that when you need it, you need it to work. Visit Centurion Arms today to check out all their awesome products. Centurion Arms, hard-use rifles and accessories at easy day prices. And I'm super excited that the very first guest we have for Season 8 is Paul Sharp. Hey, Paul, how's it going, man? It's going good, man. How are you? Oh, I'm just looking at the ad that I wrote for uh, the awesome, amazing sponsor that does great things and wishing that I could speak more clearly. I'm super out of practice, and apparently I've forgotten how to enunciate (laughs) and read. So everybody's a little rusty. Yeah, right, man. Everybody's a little rusty. Um, that's cool. I'm glad you got that sponsor, man. Yeah, I am too. Uh, they're really they're really neat guys, uh, and they are doing cool things. And they're relatively local. They're just uh, they're over in Indiana, which is is neat. And um, oh, nice. But uh, so yeah, man. How have you been? I you know so I sent you a text to to come onto the show, and you were you were awesome enough to say yes to it. And then I realized that I hadn't talked to you in a while, which I kind of felt bad about because I like talking to you. So what's new in your world? Yeah, um, now that I'm over, you know my uh, my emo mood because you weren't talking to me. Oh, uh, life is all better now. We made up, but uh, <laughs> we weren't fighting. We just got busy yeah but uh yeah yeah it's it's been it's been good man um now that the kind of the shutdown or lockdown whatever we want to call it's been lifted all the classes that were postponed at the site have been basically opened up again so everybody wants their training now 
you know, nice. <laughs> all capitals. And so, and so I've just been here pretty much every day for the last two or three weeks. I'm just trying to train as many people as possible. And um, I'm really excited and stoked that most of the classes are private citizens, you know, just folks on their own getting training. A lot of the training that happens here is uh, law enforcement guys, at least for me. But uh, it's really cool to see everyday folks coming through, getting trained up. And I think, you know, um, in the midst of chaos is opportunity. And I think in the midst of all this chaos, is an opportunity for us to reach people who previously weren't maybe were on the fence about guns or maybe in training and, or maybe even on the other side of the fence about guns and training. And now I'm starting to see a lot of those folks really wanting to get after it, get some training and learn how to defend themselves and their family. So that's been a positive, but yeah, that's what I've been up to. Well, and you know, I realized we skipped over an important part where I didn't talk about who you are or what you do and neither did you, but, um, so you should probably give an introduction, but I will say this <laughs> and, and, you know, so you've always been super impressive to me for lots of reasons, um, mostly because you're cool, but you know, for everyone listening that Thank doesn't, you. that one, I mean, you're the one that's cool. I'm just noticing, um, the, well, that's for, the most important part, right? Yeah, yeah, be right. An awesome it's, person and still be a scumbag. Yeah, yeah. Rule number one: always be cool. Well, I uh, mean, an awesome, whatever. Yeah, I awesome at your job or whatever, and and maybe you're not like a a cool human being. Um, but you're you're also the only person I ever uh have ever known or heard of that had a brain aneurysm and still went to work. So, I mean, that was kind of <laughs> impressive. I'm not gonna lie, but. <laughs> Um, for, you know, just saying, uh, but if you want to talk about like kind of, uh, just a brief synopsis of, of you, that'd probably be good for the people that haven't listened before or don't know who you are. Sure. So, uh, I've been doing martial arts my whole life. So started with boxing and wrestling and then, uh, all kinds of traditional, what would be called traditional martial arts. And, and then later got into, um, the MMA side of the house. So began to train in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and mixed martial arts and uh, competed in those things. And then also at some point in the late nineties, I started my career in law enforcement and I did 20 years full time. And then I've also, the last two years I've worked uh, part time for a friend who has an agency in the Northwest area, Northwest corner of the state <clears throat> and I go out there a couple times a month and help him out to and also with helping with training and so it's one of those things where you know hey now that I'm retired I'm gonna go do all those cool things no I'm not yeah so, <laughs> you know I went right back to work and then um I also run the straight place gym of Illinois which is a uh, primarily a Brazilian jiu-jitsu facility but we also we're, we're partnered with the endorphin effect so we have a ginormous yoga room and um, all kinds of, we call them group fitness, but they're the um, group fitness classes and powerlifting, strongman, all that good stuff in there. So been busy with all that stuff and just trying to, trying to do my part to help other people just kind of realize who they really truly could be if they really wanted to be and, or if, had the, if they had the opportunity to be right. A lot of us know what we want to do, but we just can't get there. And so I try to be the guy that helps them get there. So, well, because I've had a lot of people in my life who helped me get there. Yeah. I would not have anything if it wasn't for a whole bunch of people. So, 
I try to pass it on. Well, and that's me. <laughs> well, I mean, and I sort of alluded to it, but like you, you've been a massive help to me and in, in um, inspiration to me for, geez, seven or eight years now. I think we've known each other. God, um, time yeah, flies. It's been a long time. Yeah, time flies, man. Um, but so, I think that I guess the first thing I sort of want to talk about is, um. The why are you so nice to everybody? And, and I know that sounds like a weird question, right? But I think that you know, and, and you know these dudes. Um, there, there are guys that and, and gals even that do a hard job uh, or are you know legitimately um, incredibly capable people inside of a field that um, I guess some people would would say they're dangerous people or scary people. I don't think of it that way, but, um, like you kind of see what I'm saying though, that there's some people inside of that field that, um, are very stereotypical type a, or at least what people think of as type a, um, and we could have a conversation about that, I guess, but, um, and you know, they're just, they're always on and, and not like in a, a great way. You know what I mean? And you've always been super, sure. super chill and super cool to people. And why is that? Um, well, man, first I appreciate it that, that, you know, you look, you see me that way and I really appreciate it. And I've, I'm hyper competitive. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's always been a struggle. And, but I think one of the things is that at a, at some point in time, I got, I got past the fear. So, you know, I started this stuff out of fear. I was a, um, I had dyslexia and have dyslexia and, um, ADD or ADHD. Yeah. Um, when I was diagnosed with it, it was just hyperactive, you know, I was a hyperactive kid and they put me in a special ed room in the, the place where I grew up on the Eastern shore of Maryland, the County. I mean, there's more people in my, there was more people in the beats that I would work at in on the job been in the entire county and so for special needs kids um special ed behavioral disorder all that stuff they would basically everybody from k through eight was put in the same classroom right and so i'm in this room with some kids that had some some really they had some issues you know they were suffering and um i'm terrified i'm a kindergartner i'm a first grader i'm in this room with kids that are like adult size males and they were taking my stuff every day and it was not a, an enjoyable experience. And, um, eventually, thankfully I had a student teacher that came through and said, Hey, you know, I've been reading up on you. Our actual teacher, and I'm not to focus on that aspect too much, but the actual teacher in that class would come in, put her Stanley thermos on the desk, drink her coffee with her coffee, open the newspaper, light a cigarette, put her feet on the desk. And that would be her day. So hmm. she would just smoke because you could back then. Yeah. Smoke a cigarette, drink coffee, and read the newspaper and ignore what was going on. And I actually had a uh, what I call a true believer come in. This you know this brand new out of college kid, and she said, "Listen, after a couple of weeks, I've, I've been reading about what you've got going on, and part of that is kind of like a um, what we would now call like an OCD ish type thing, where you can't let go of something. It's called hyper focus. Yeah. And. Uh, and you're also, your dyslexia is this, that you drop the first letter of each word. So what you need to do is learn how to read language patterns. 
and word patterns. And um, so once you understand the word pattern, then logically this is what the word should be. And so she told me to just start reading. So she took me to the library every day. I'd get a new book and read a book every day. And um, eventually I got out of there. But all that just to say that, thank, thank God for her, right? But all that just to say that um, very much fear-based in the beginning. My whole training was fear. Um, I was never going to get picked on again. I was never going to be in a room again where I was afraid. I was never going to walk into a room, look around the room, and feel fear. I was always, I was determined that I would always walk into any room anywhere on the planet and not fear anybody. Like, doesn't mean I'm going to beat everybody. It doesn't mean, you know what I mean? But it does mean they're going to have a hard time and they're going to definitely wish they had picked somebody else. And that was my mentality for years upon years. Well, and, and eventually one day. I was going to say, and I'm really sorry to interrupt. Um, hold that thought. We'll be right back to it. Okay. Um, so. Uh, we'll be back with Paul Sharp in just one second. You're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Centurion Arms, hard-use rifles and accessories at easy day prices. Visit them online at centurionarms.com. This segment brought to you by Wilson Combat. Wilson Combat, makers of the finest custom 1911s and scatterguns since 1977. A legacy of quality, innovation, and service. Learn more about their firearms and accessories as well as EDC X9L, which offers discriminating shooters, 1911 match grade accuracy, superior ergonomics, and concealability with modern service pistol capacity as well as reliability at www.wilsoncombat.com. And I'm sorry I interrupted, Paul. So you were saying that essentially all your training was based off of fear. And please continue. Yeah, so every, everything was on based in fear, and um, I really think that if I was still, if I hadn't done the work internally, I would still be there. I would still be based in fear. I was very um, reactive, very, um, very much people had to know, like, it, even if I didn't overtly say it, people around me had to know, like, I'll break your legs. Yeah. And, um and that that hyper competitive side and all that stuff and then i really i think the thing for me was probably my son when he was little um i kind of had a moment where i didn't go off on him but i let him know that you know you got to try harder that's not good enough you're you know you can't walk around accepting second place that kind of attitude yeah and it looked almost like I had broken and that was it for me. Uh, it just, it just like somebody stabbed me in the heart. And so I, I really, I took about a week, which might sound dramatic, but it took me about a week to process what had happened. And so I just started working on myself. I realized like, Hey, this internal voice, this, you're never good enough. You're, 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 there's always going to be somebody that might be able to beat you. There's always going to be somebody in the room that might be able to, to, to hurt you. That internal voice has got to stop because it's starting to become my external voice. Or actually it is my external voice, but now it's affecting my, my son, you know, and he was the only child we had at that time. And um, so I, I got to work and I worked hard on myself to figure out a different way to relay that message and a different way to motivate myself to train. And so the motivation became 
I'm, I'm doing this now because of the people I love and the things I love, and I don't want to be taken away from those things. And if that's my motivation, then I also probably shouldn't destroy the things I love and the people I love with my attitude and my actions. And so I started working hard on that and digging deep and I'm still working on it, man, to be, you know, just transparent about it. There are days where I struggle. And, um, and those are the days that I intentionally make myself go out of my way to be nicer to everyone around me. Um, and, and to, to build other people up because I feel like, it's almost like a like a, a Dallas exercise or something where I'm forcing myself to do the thing that my insides don't want to do. And and in doing that, I'm making it a habit. I'm right. habituating this this you know what I mean? It, oh, I know you know what I mean. Yes, I do. It's hard to explain it. It and but Well Yeah, I, but it's one of those things where it's like, man, if I can just get this across, if I can just love people into being, if that makes any sense, like rather than beat them down. And there are people that need that, like, but I do it gently. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'll talk trash and I'll prod them a little bit, but I've learned over the years of coaching to just, it's better to just, you know, if you're going to coach versus just teach or instruct, if you're going to coach people and mentor people, you're going to get a lot more done by loving them, you know, and really pushing them to be what they could be, even if, and sometimes they can't even see it. Like they, they can't see how good they could be. They can't see how awesome they could be because they've got that same internal dialogue going on that you're never good enough. You suck. You probably shouldn't be doing this. Well, and so getting inside their head and derailing that, that mental chatter and getting them focused on, look what you just did versus, you know what I mean? Like, look at how the good in what you just did versus, yeah, like a toddler. You took two steps and fell. Well, you suck, kid. Maybe walking isn't for you. You know, like that's not <laughs> actually how that works. It's like, hey, look, they took two steps. I mean, think about it. Like when our kids learn to walk, we send now, we send people videos from our iPhones or whatever. of, Hey, look, he took one step. Yeah. But could you imagine, you know, do we ever do that to an adult? Probably not. Do we ever look at an adult and go, hey, look, you came from the holster and made a clean shot. You know, like, no, it's more like, yeah, you came from the holster, made a clean shot in four seconds. You know, right? <laughs> like, you know, what? Like, listen, man, let's celebrate the progress, celebrate the good things. And so, for me, redirecting and reprogramming that internal dialogue has taken a ton of work, but it definitely was a shift from fear to love. I, I, I shifted away from being afraid of everything, and and I had this discussion. We're talking about it with William April. And because um, he's a smart guy, mm-hmm. and uh, and I've talked about it too with another another friend of mine who's a psychologist, psychiatrist, and and she said the same thing almost that William said. There's there would be two arguments. One would be that the shift was easier for you because you became more capable, so you were no longer concerned. And then the other argument would be that you just did some intense internal work and shifted yourself over. And it and also while doing the external work, it all came together, created like a synergy. Um, and, uh, and I, I think I don't want to analyze it too much from that perspective. You know, I just want to look at it and go, I hope I'm doing the right thing. I hope I'm on the right path. And I really want to just make other people have the same experiences I've had and feel the same things I've felt where, you know, it's, it's kind of like where you make your first shot at say 500 yards 
and you didn't know you could do that. And that feeling you have of, holy cow, I did that. Or right. the first time you step over the side of a ledge and you repel, you know, and you're like, oh, my God, I, I was convinced I was going to die. Yeah. You know, and so it's the, I want other people to feel that. And and I really that's kind of, that's my juice. If I can help other people feel that, that's my juice. You well, know, that's really what I'm into. Well, and I think a lot of people lose sight. Right. Uh, and and maybe it's because they don't want to admit it to themselves or, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I really, truly believe. And, you know, and, and I could be wrong. I'm not saying that, you know, this is this is true for everyone. But um, I really think at the end of the day, you know, when you look at a lot of stuff, right, people want to be valued. People want to feel like they matter. People want to feel loved and, um, you know, want to, like, be worthwhile, right? And and I know that for me, because, um, sure. you know, I, I can look back, especially when I, you know, first started everything that I'm, I've been doing for the last decade or so now, um, that, you know, a lot of my motivations going into things were really just messed up, um, like super messed up. And, and like, I understand why I'm not like, I'm, I'm not guilty about it. I'm not, you know. I'm not like beating myself up. I'm just acknowledging, sure. hey, yeah, not so much. Um, but what was interesting about it, especially looking back at it, is that it affected not only the training process, right? It also affected all of my interactions in a way that really I just I wish I had a lot of them back. You know, like oh, I, I I'd like sure. to I'd like to do that over again. And, um, oh yeah, you know, we'd all like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, over button. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think that you said something, um, you know, really sort of important and, you know, I'm, I'm glad that, that you were comfortable enough to say it. Uh, but it's a struggle. Uh, there are days where it's super hard because, you know, um, you can habituate something and it, yeah, it's a, it's a habit, but like I'll equate it to, you know, being a smoker, uh, which I have been, um, you know, or, or, you know, being a mm-hmm. drinker, which I have been, um, it doesn't matter how much you've habituated that there's still that, you know, demon, whatever you want to call it inside of you. That's, that's constantly poking at you, trying to get you to fall back into, um, whoever you used to be and, and like making the conscious decision to push back against that is super important, at least I think. And it's not easy. And I don't, I don't think a lot of people realize that either. Um, but I, I guess my, my question would be, um, actually my question is going to be nothing because we have a minute left in this segment and I don't want to, uh, interrupt you again. Um, here, I'll give you the question. You can think about no worries, it. Man. Yeah, you can think okay. about it on the break, and then we'll we'll get back into it. Um, I guess my question would be: <clears throat> when we've got you know a lot of a lot of what gets people into our our gig, right? Whether it's martial arts or firearms or or the greater defensive uh, arena. If people are coming into it fear-based and that's what gets them there and 
honestly, a lot of us, whether we intend to or not, um, sort of even market that way. How do we make the shift from, okay, that's what got you here, but we're not, we're not going to do that. That's not going to be our modality going forward. So think about that for a second. Um, I'm really curious to, to hear what you have to say about it. Uh, and, and then we'll get back into it. So right now we're talking with Paul Sharp, and you're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Centurion Arms, hard-use rifles and accessories at easy-day prices. Visit them online at centurionarms.com. This segment brought to you by BigTexOutdoors.com. BigTexOutdoors.com is the best place for you to find all of your everyday carry needs at the absolute best prices. Maybe you need all the lumens from ModLite at the lowest price? No problem. Spend too much time alone in your room and need an RMR on your carry gun now? Well, BigTexOutdoors.com has those, and they don't judge. Glock accessories? Yes, fast, cheap, shipping, 100% hassle-free returns, all that and more. And best of all, BigTexOutdoors.com has Ike. He's a good man and thorough. I like Ike, everybody likes Ike, and you'll like Ike too. Visit BigTexOutdoors.com today and find out what happens when every customer is a friend, not just an order. So we're talking with Paul Sharp, and I asked you a question before the break, which was essentially um, if people are coming into it from a a fear-based place, and now I sound like my mother, but um, a fear-based place, and, and, you know, you and I have both sort of talked about how maybe that's not the best place to be for growth. Like, how do we get them out of it? Or, Or... I mean, what do we do in general? What are your thoughts? Yeah, so that's an interesting question because pretty much everything I do, whether it was the strongman powerlifting, you know, the endurance events and Brazilian jiu-jitsu, all that stuff, even into shooting, there are so many people that are suffering because they begin this to deal with demons. You know, a lot of a lot of those guys have um, substance abuse issues and things like that, and they needed something to take that focus. You know, kind of shift that that uh, obsession, so to speak. And making the shift, I think, usually comes from community. It comes from that tribal feel of these are my people. I've got folks around me who want the best for me, and and that's where it really becomes important to have a good group around you that are on the same path, helping people to see what else, what comes next, where, where else they could go, and encouraging them to go there, encouraging them to be better than me. Um, that's that's a struggle, you know. That's one of those things where you you want to create this this world where they can make the shift comfortably because they don't have any reason to fear any longer there. You know, if you, if you come into a group and even within that group, it's fear based, it's fear driven, then it's just going to just expand that feeling. But if you come into a group that says, Hey, listen, we've, you, you've basically like love them into being this other thing or being who they really are. So you get them to come in and and I talk to people about peeling those layers off, that training will peel layers off of you because how many times have you heard through your life, either internally or externally, 
or a combination of both that you're not good enough, never going to be good enough. Um, you're whatever, you know, like I, I had a, a female trainee that told me, she said, if, if I kept track of how many times throughout the day I told myself, you're still just a fat kid, I would probably have hundreds, hundreds of times a day that that's my internal dialogue. And so with folks like that, you know, you can't get inside their head and rewire them, but you can just love them. You could just show them all the support that they could ever possibly hope for. And you could provide this kind of this environment around them that encourages them to finally kind of let their guard down, relax a little bit, and just be who they wanted to be their whole life, if that makes sense. Because it's hard for them to do that when the internal dialogue keeps reminding them where they came from. Yeah, You know, it's hard to do that when they, they might even have people at home that want to keep reminding them that, you know, kind of like when a, when a, when we have a, a women's self-defense seminar and I always tell them, like, you're going to go home and there's probably, there might, some of you might go home and there might be a, a male figure in your life that says, show me what you learned today. And then they try to dismantle you. They try to break you down and destroy your confidence in whatever it is you learned. You need to think to yourself, why are they doing this? Because that's about domination. That's about keeping you in your place. And so they might have folks in their world who are like, hey, you know, I see you doing all this stuff, but just remember, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, and that's exactly what they need to hear when that person starts talking from that point forward. Because they just identified someone who just is covertly hostile, somebody who just, pretends to be their friend, but doesn't want them to succeed or doesn't want them to progress. And so we, as a community in the training side of the house, have to become that friend for them. We have to become that tribe for them where we are a constant source of inspiration and positivity for them to counteract the negative that brought them in. And I really believe that's how that works. I really believe that that through the people we're around, we eventually it makes it easier for us to just make that conversion well, to a love based. And I was going to say is the irony is, um, you know, the so you mentioned a male figure, but it, it really could be anybody um, now, predominantly male oh, yeah. in, in that scenario. Um, but uh, the the irony is that when people are doing stuff like that, they're doing it out of a fear based place, too. Um, because, you know, yeah, exactly. um, they see someone bettering themselves, uh, and you know, just, I, I believe this too, is whether you are introspective enough to be like aware of it in the front of your head, subconsciously people like that know, know that they're falling down a little bit. Um, and they know that, uh, you know, somebody maybe could do better or uh, or maybe they're scared of it at least and that the relationship they have with whoever it is is maybe more tenuous than uh, than they think it is. And, um, you know, if somebody betters themselves, then they're not going to associate with them anymore or whatever. And it's almost this, this place of like, well, if this person like improves, then they're not going to want anything to do with me. And it, it's this weird like, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, and it's, oh, just... yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like when, go ahead. It, it, it's kind of like when somebody starts losing weight and the people in the world, it could be even like a, a parent 
or a brother or sister. It should be someone. It can be somebody that should be supporting them fully, who tells them you're just going to gain it back anyway. And and you know what I mean. They're just trying to remind them of past failures, so that they keep beating them back into that box. And um, that, that's the thing. And that's just fear based. That's just fear based. Like you're going to do better than me. You're going to, maybe you can do better than me. Maybe you're going to leave, maybe whatever it might be. And, and, and that brings us back to what do we really want for the people around us? Like if, if I love the people around me, I want them to do better than me. You know, I, like we all do, like I want my kids to do better than I did, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I want my friends to do well. I want my friends to experience success and, and, and reach whatever goals they have. And I want to do whatever I can to help them. And that's not always easy. I, you know, again, like you said, it's not easy because sometimes that means my friends are going to experience greater degrees of success, maybe receive more accolades than me, maybe receive awards, things like that, that I'm not going to receive. But if I really am a friend, I should be happy for them. Yeah. If I'm really who I say I am, then I'm, I, I, I have to get past my ego and have to get past that, that screeching monkey in my brain and realize what am I about? If I say I'm about loving people, if I say I'm about encouraging people and lifting them up and I'm about helping people around me rise higher, because like JFK said, right? Rising tide lifts all boats. If I'm really about that, then I got to be about it. And so, um, I, I, you know what I think too, a lot of times, those people do end up leaving those people that are negative, whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship or whatever it might be, or even family. They they limit their time around those family members because they find uh, a, a community or a tribe with folks like us where we're going to encourage them and we're going to push them. And we're going to, it doesn't mean just because I love somebody doesn't mean I'm going to be hugging them all the time. Like I'm going to put my foot in their ass and tell them like, listen, man, you're slacking. You know, you need to, if you if you want to reach your goals, if you want to reach your objectives and the things we've talked about, the things you want to do, let's go. It's 5 a.m. Let's get up and let's get after it. Um, but but I'm not going to beat them down. I'm not going to, you know what I mean? I'm not yeah. going to invoke all kinds of negative kind of things for them. But, but that's the thing. It's not this, you know, lovey-dovey, you know, let's just hug each other into being type thing. It's like, look, man, we got work to do. Right. You know, and right. and we have to celebrate the fact that we can take a deep breath. We can breathe in and out. We can we can do whatever it is we want to do. There's a lot of people that can't. And uh, and let's, re, you know, my, my simple mental exercise is I'm going to right now find I'm going to think of three things that I am extremely grateful for. And I'm all right. Let me think about those things. All right. Let's get after it. Like because of these things, you know, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm not a big Bible guy or anything like that, but. Um, you know, like we've talked, you know, but, yeah. uh, but I do, I have read the Bible quite a few times, actually studied it in college. And, uh, and there's some passage, there's a passage in there where it's like, if there's anything good, you know, and it goes on to talk about all these, and it's like, think on these things. And so it's just mental discipline and in getting other people to think that way too is, is so important because it gets them past those negative external voices and also starts rewiring that negative internal voice. Well, and, and so we gotta we gotta go to break, but it, it kind of reminds me of something. Um, there's a, a lyric in a song from a band that nobody has heard of, but but the lyric is uh, some people hold on to their misery, 
a token of their lives. And, and I remember right. he- hearing that and I'm like, for whatever reason, it struck me that a lot of people hold on to the bad stuff because that's all they've ever had and it's all they've ever got. And it's, it's kind of like, well, this is what I have to show for it and I'm not going to let anybody take it from me. Um, I got another, right. I got another question, but we got to go to break. Uh, right now we're talking with Paul Sharp. You're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Centurion Arms, hard-use rifles and accessories at easy-day prices. Visit them online at centurionarms.com. So we're talking with Paul Sharp, and, you know, uh, some people are going to listen to this and be like, what the hell are they talking about? And and that's cool. Like, you know, I I completely... um, so the nice thing is, is, is eight years into this, I do the shows I want to do. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough that I have, um, you know, people and companies that support that and thank God, uh, because it would suck to have to do the, the ones that were just very formulaic. Right. But, um, we're sort of talking about positivity and, and building people up and stuff like that. And man, do you, do you want to very sort of like briefly touch on current world events and like how all this ties into that or not really, I, I'll leave it up to you. Cause I, we sure. okay. yeah, we could do that, man. All right. Um, yeah, I'm not, I ain't scared. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> so a lot of stuff really sucks right now. Um, and, and I'm going to be talking with Sarah Kate about this too. Now, chronologically, there'll be a space between this episode and the, this, the episode I do with Sarah. But um, I guess what I have noticed is that there are a bunch of people that are screaming at each other right now um, on, on two sides of an issue that agree on 90 to 95% of everything. And, and it's just weird to me um, that there is like all this hate in the world over um, essentially that 5% of difference that frankly doesn't seem that far off either. What do you think that's about, man? Um, And and I know, so like we're two white guys uh, talking about this. Um, So hopefully nothing we say is going to come across as like disingenuous or like, oh, that's easy for them to say. Um, But I mean, right. What? What's up, dude? What? What do you think? What do you think about what's going on and and like how we fix it? And not like, not like, oh, we're gonna legislate this or 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 this, but like the the deep uncoolness that people have for each other. How do we fix that? Yeah, that's that is such a. Um... And uh, what is that? Uh, what was the knot? Gordian knot? Yeah. You know, where they brought the knot out and they're like, hey, if you can solve this and you need to just cut it with a sword. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, man, there's so many layers and it's gone on for so long. I think there, there is a, there's a degree of voices that haven't been heard where people have, they have complaints, they have things that they want people to hear. And I, I feel like they, or I think they, they feel like they have not been heard and maybe they haven't. 
um, I think from I can I can speak with some authority from I guess we could call it my side of the fence, the law enforcement side sure. uh, of the pers- or perspective of things. And I think a big, a huge step forward would be for a lot of officers to experience uh, what I did, which was to go into a resident officer program where I was suddenly immersed in a world that I really didn't know existed mm-hmm. prior to doing that kind of stuff because I was put in an at-risk neighborhood. And I really took to heart uh, Peel's principles and the community-oriented policing classes that they sent me to to prepare me to work in those areas. And they talked a lot about, in Alaska, there there was a a native word for the police officers, which was basically men with no legs because they were always in the car. They never saw them walk. Yeah. And the instructor talked about how you have to get out, you have to walk the land. You have to you have to be visible as a person walking around the neighborhood. Like you have to be kind of like an, almost an archetype of the neighborhood like that's him, he's always here type thing. And the class, one of the classes was taught by a guy who had worked, he had been an SF dude and then he worked as a state trooper and and he was a pretty interesting guy, interesting guy, and his perspective was to apply the things that they had applied in his in the SF world as far as building bridges, building um, commitments from local folks with him in their so that they could work towards their purpose, which at that time was whatever the United States was working on in those areas of the of the world. But his thing was. You, you have to build those same relationships within the neighborhood yeah. in order to achieve whatever it is you're going to achieve. Like you're never going to get somebody to talk to you if they don't know you, period. And so the, having that experience of most of my patrol time as a resident officer was on foot, even in the winter in Illinois, I would just put some layers on and go out there and walk. And people would see me and people would talk to me. And I began to see, you know, okay, this, these kids, once they get labeled as a certain thing, it's hard for them to get out of that. If, if a kid gets labeled as a gangbanger and, and I would talk to the kid and he's like, I'm not a gangbanger, man. It's just, if I don't show allegiance to these dudes in this neighborhood, I'm going to get my ass beat every day. Yeah. You know, you can't be a neutron. You can't be, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's safe passage basically from his house to school. And so, you know, it's things like that, that we have to understand. Sometimes it's a different world than what we might've grown up in. And, and values might be a little different, but overall they have the same hopes and they have the same dreams and such for their children. And, and you know it, it's 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 easy for me to say from my perspective you know we'll just do this or just do that because <clears throat> it's always been easy for me to just do that you know and um but for some somebody who d- might not even know that's a possibility you know you, you you can't just come into the world and just start tossing around just do this to them or just do that and 
And you have to break down those walls gradually by just being consistent and showing them you are who who you say you are. Yeah. And I think in in those communities, a lot of times we are looked at as almost like pirates or raiders. Like we come in and you know you'll have some guy come in and but well here's a good example. At that time, a ticket. A traffic ticket in Illinois was 75 bucks. And I remember having uh, a, a lady come up to me and she's like, can you help me with this? And it was a ticket, and um, which is kind of my pet peeve. I haven't written a ticket in like 10 years. But she said, and then, <laughs> and then only if it's for DUI because drunk drivers scare me. But I said, uh, what do we got? So she shows me. She says, listen, you know, I got this ticket for – my rear plate light not being on like her rear plate light was out mm-hmm. and um she was driving home from work she's like listen i i worked you know during the day it's not a problem she worked two jobs so during the day it's not a problem but at night it's going to be a problem because they wrote her the ticket and she said listen i don't have time i don't even know how to replace that light and i don't have time to take it to a shop i can't afford a shop and now because of this $75 ticket, I can't pay my rent. Like that's that $75 for her was the difference between making rent and not. Yep. And I don't know too many officers that understand that. Yeah. You know, um, I, don't, I don't know because you have a young single guy making good money for the most part. You have a guy in his 20s who's making some decent money now, and he's got a career path and all that good stuff, and he has benefits and everything. You know what I'm saying? So it's just. I, I do. Um <laughs> And, and I'll, I'll relay and a person. So, you know, it, well, I was going to say, like, and this is going to sound weird, but, like, one of the best experiences. Is, so, like, I'm I'm upper middle class now. Like, I, I am. I You know, and that's weird to me, but sure. whatever. But, like, I remember when my son was born, um, my, my ex-wife and I uh, lived in a not great area of town. I was working three jobs. Um, and depending on how the week went, I would occasionally have to steal groceries, like, like not, right. you know, like legit, um, statute of limitations sure. up. So I'll, I'll cop to that. But like, um, that's one right. of the best experiences of my life was, was being poor to a level that is most people don't, at least most people, you know, with my upbringing and, um, you know, stuff like that, don't understand. And it, it's given me a lot more empathy for stuff like that than, I mean, there was a time period where uh, I ate lunch at work if I could find enough money in the coin return slots at, at like, right. where I worked, you know. And, and pe- you right. know what I mean? Um, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you were saying like a, you know, young single guy making, um, good money doesn't get that, you know? Right. Yeah. We don't understand that. Uh, You know, even, even in my, you kind of like in my poorest moments, um, you know, like you said, I I found ways to make do, but they, um, and, and what you said reminds me, uh, when I was a resident officer as well, we were responsible for running after-school programs and working with the schools to try to, <clears throat> sorry, to kind of intervene in the in 
the paths of some of the kids' lives, you know, just kind of make that 1% adjustment to their trajectory to get them going towards a positive place. And I would have kids. I remember I had a kid. He came in, and the school counselor called me. It was like 8 in the morning. She calls. She goes, hey, can you come to the school? Like, sure thing. You know, I'll be right there. And I got there, and I was tired. I had worked the night before um, doing gang suppression in the neighborhood, so I was I worked till 4 in the morning. And I was beat. I was not in the mood. I got to the school and I walk in and it's this kid that's just being a pain in the butt. You know, he's just, just, I just can't get through to this kid. And I walk in and, and he's a big kid. You know, he's a fourth grader, but he's big. And he is sitting in the corner and he's, you can tell he's amped. Like he want he is expecting, he is in, you know, like a dog that's been smacked a lot. Yep. And when you, you first get that dog in rescue and you're like, holy cow, like you can't even move your hands near him without him flinching or growling at you. Mm-hmm. And this is the mood this kid's in. And I walk in there and I'm like, man, what happened? He's like, I stole food or I stole Cheetos and a drink. And I go, why did you do that? You know, and um, it had happened um, Saturday afternoon. And so um, his, I guess, I'm not sure how the counselor found out about it. Maybe he told her, but he had been picked up, taken to juvie and then brought back. And I said, well, then you've broken our agreement. You, we had the agreement. You can participate in after school basketball program. You get a shirt. Thank God for sponsors, right? We got shoes and shirts and jerseys for these kids made them feel like pro basketball players. And I said, so you have to give me your Jersey. That's the rules. And he throws it at me. And so I go pick it up and hand it to me like a man. And so he walks over, he picks up, hands it to me. Sorry, dude. That's all right. And then starts crying. And I said, what's up, dude? He said, I had to eat, man. Like, what are you talking about? So long story short, we find out this kid eats. His last meal on the weekend is Friday at lunch, school lunch. Next meal will be school breakfast Monday because nobody home gives a shit. So he's got to find a way to eat. Until we fix that, we're going to keep having these problems. Because that kid's an adult now. And if we didn't get through to him, if we didn't get him on a good path, we didn't figure it out how to help him have what we have through whatever means. And I'm not saying wealth distribution. Don't hit me with that. You know, not you, but you know what I'm talking about? Like people that will listen and be like, Oh, is that some socialist bullshit? No dude. But listen, we got real problems. And a lot of that problems come from kids like this. You know, this kid he's eating, you know, on Friday and he doesn't know where his next meal is going to come until Monday. Uh, And it's because mom's partying and they're, there's no dad and there's all kinds of these other issues involved. So he's going to do what he's got to do to get by. And so we got to figure out how to fix that, how to help that kid grow into being a productive member of society. And, and and one of the things that came out of working in that was, you know, not to, hopefully it doesn't sound like I'm bragging, but, I've had a bunch of kids that have reached out to me since those days come. They found me on like Facebook or whatever it might be to say, Hey man, you know, I went into the army or 
I got a job as a mechanic, you know, I, I did this or I did like they've bettered themselves. You know, there was a path they were on, but they're not on that path any longer. And it's, and it's just from being in the life. It's just from being a, or putting them around positive influences, other people who were strong positive influences on them that showed them what they couldn't see for themselves. You know, they can't see. If all you've ever seen is a certain, like a certain path, that's the only path you know exists pretty much. And so we've got to figure out how to get these kids to see that there's a different path. And I think what we're seeing right now with the protests and and all that kind of stuff is kids that have come up not seeing any other path and they feel like they're not being heard and they don't have a chance. Well, and I think that... And that's from an outside perspective, obviously. Yeah, well, and I think that, and, and we're at the end of the show, but, um, you know, I think I think a lot of people don't understand uh, what it's like when, you know, and this is where the systemic part comes from, like when this conversation starts... Yes start being had don't understand what it's like to essentially have your entire life mapped out for you, you know, from the get go, uh, in a very negative way, just because of the circumstances that you find yourself in early on. And right. Uh, or at least feeling like, your life has been mapped out for you. You know, it's it's really easy to to say, well, there are plenty of people that that raise themselves up from, you know, horrible situations. Yeah, okay. Um, those people might as well be make believe. Unless you know somebody personally that's done it, you know, that's like, yeah, there are people that own um like Ferraris. Like I don't know any of them. Like so yeah, theoretically I know it's possible. <laughs> But right. I mean, and that's that's a bad example, right. but you know that's something that that happens to other people. You know, that's that's not any of my friends. Right. You know what I mean? Um, right. And yeah, for sure. And I just, you know, everybody's focusing in on whatever part of this that you know, sort of, and not everybody, but like a lot of the people around me right now are focusing in on the part of this that's like, well, it's not that way, and I have a problem with this, this, or this, on either side of the issue. And, you know, it would just be, man, I I just wish there was a little bit more empathy, like, from everyone. And and I I don't know. For sure. I don't know how, you can't, like, just tell someone to be empathetic, but um, it's messed up. And in any way, hopefully, like people listen to this and, and maybe um, they they think about, you know, some things as far as like if, you know, if you're if you're getting into this and you're looking for, um, you know, training, you can you can have maybe a little bit better idea of like where you want to end up. Uh, if you're you know, if you're a, an instructor inside of this field, maybe you can think a little bit more about being a coach. And if. You know, you're looking at, at current events and you're pissed off at somebody on either side. Maybe you could go, well, hold on. You know, where are they coming from? And, and I don't know. But 
if, like I said, man, and I'm sorry for, for this. Sure. We're, at, we're at the end of the show. This is a great conversation. I'd kind of like to get into it more, but we're out of time. If people want to come um, train with you or, or, or hang out with you or, or be around the awesomeness that is Paul Sharp, uh, how can they do that? Where, where can they find out more? Yeah, so the easiest way to find me uh, nowadays is just uh, through uh, either Instagram. You know, it's just Paul underscore Sharp underscore SPG mm-hmm. on Instagram, and it's Paul Sharp on Facebook, and then the SPG Illinois Facebook page as well. And then there's the website, which is spgbartlett.com, and it's a Bartlett's B-A-R-T-L-E-T-T dot com. And then also through the site, it's um, trainatthesite.com, I think is the website. And um, either either of those, any of those places, they'll be able to find me and get a hold of me and message me, reach out. You know, I'm always happy to, you know, converse with folks. And I think even on what we were talking about, conversation, honest, open conversation is the way to resolve a lot of the issues that are going on. You know, we, we need to hear each other. Yeah. We really do. Yeah. Well, dude, I appreciate you so, taking time. Yeah, reach out and let's drink. Yeah, man, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. Um, and on a personal note, and I know I've, I hope I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Um, you have been a massive, massive positive influence on my life. Uh, and I, I really appreciate it a lot, uh, probably more than you know. Um, and I love you, dude. I hope I hope I hope good things keep happening for you. Uh, and hopefully, I get to talk to you soon. I'm sorry I let it go so long. So, no, no worries. But uh, no worries. Thank you, bro. Love you too, man. All right. Hey, be safe. Have a good day, and I will talk to you soon. So, guys, make sure you check out our website, ballisticradio.com, like our Facebook page at facebook.com/ballisticradio. And hey, keep leaving those five star review on iTunes if you think we've earned it. Uh, really helps us out. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, be safe and see you next week. Don't